Thank you for tuning in to our North Point Community Church podcast. Wherever you are in your faith journey, we pray that as you listen to this message, you will be encouraged and empowered. If you would like more information about our community, visit our website at ncc.team. And now I just want to share uh, for the next few moments about prayer, about prayer. And I just want to start by saying this, that prayer can be intimidating. I mean, it, it can really be intimidating. After all, we are talking to God. <laughs> that alone can be intimidating. You are talking to your creator. That can be intimidating. And then one of the things that we, that we say a, lo- a lot around here is that whenever, the, that whenever you begin to pray, you're always kind of judging yourself by the people that you've heard pray. And most of the people that you have heard pray in your lifetime have been praying for a long time. And so you wonder, why does my prayer not sound like their prayer? They, they pray and they never miss a word. I pray and I have to take a pause after every sentence to think about what I'm going to say next. Why can't I pray like them? Well, it's because they've been praying for 20 years, 30 years years, 40 years. They've been praying for so long, and you haven't been praying that long, and it can be intimidating when you start to pray to God because you start thinking, God, maybe, maybe you only listen to people that pray like that, and you don't listen to me. It can be very, very intimidating, and, and, and then, you, then you come to the, 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 the idea of what if I, what if I pray and, and God doesn't answer me immediately? What if I ask God to do something? He doesn't do it. Does that mean there's something wrong with me? Does that, some, does that mean there's something wrong with God? If I pray and he doesn't answer, does that mean that maybe he's not who he says he is? Or now I've got to go on this whole thing. Is this even real? And does God really even exist? Do I have to go back on this journey? You see, prayer can be intimidating on so many different levels. And sometimes we can be so afraid of doing it wrong that we don't do it at all. Even though we know we should pray, we don't pray because we're so afraid that we might say the wrong thing, that we might get the wrong, the wrong uh, response or the wrong feeling back. And so we, we don't pray. But, but here are some, some truths about prayer. Number one is this, that prayer creates relationship and prayer continues relationship. Okay, Your prayer created relationship with God. You do not have relationship with God until you first pray and engage God. You talk to God and you say, God, I need you. I need you to forgive my sins. I confess that you are Lord and that you are Savior. Your relationship with God, it began in prayer. It was created. Your prayer created your relationship with God. And what began in prayer must continue in prayer. You have to continue your relationship with God. It began with prayer, and it is sustained through prayer. And we see the power of prayer because in in Luke chapter 11, uh, we see it is the only thing that the disciples asked Jesus to teach them. He didn't say, teach us how to multiply these five loaves and two fish into more so that we can feed the multitudes. They didn't say, hey, teach us how to open blind eyes. Teach us how to put a sermon together. No, the only thing they asked in in Luke 11 verse 1, they said, teach us how to pray because they had figured out that Jesus went away to pray and miracles happened. Jesus went away to pray and he came back and he spoke what the Father had spoken to him. So they figured out the key in all of this is prayer. And so when they, when they say, hey, teach us how to pray, uh, Jesus does. Jesus teaches about prayer in many different portions of Scripture. But uh, let's go to Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. Jesus teaching on prayer here. He says, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. 
Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. You see, we don't, we don't pray to be seen by others. We pray to be heard by God. And the God who is unseen sees everything. And so we pray to be heard by God. Now you say, well, does this mean that we can't pray when we're all together? No, because whenever we come and we, we, we worship together and then we say, come on, let's pray together, it doesn't mean that we can't pray together. This scripture is not saying the only praise you can pray is in your home when you're alone. It's, it's talking about the reason that you're praying. Are you praying to be heard by others and to be seen by others? Are you praying to be heard by God and seen by him that he would see your heart and that he would hear your prayer. That's what Jesus is talking about here. And there is, there is a reward to prayer. There is a reward to prayer. Sometimes, sometimes God changes your situation and sometimes God changes you. But something will always happen when you pray. Something will always happen. Sometimes God will change your situation, sometimes God will change you. He'll change your perspective. He'll change your attitude. He'll develop patience within you. He will make you what he created you to be. There is always a reward to prayer. And I've, I've given this little acrostic for the word prayer a few, a few different times, but I just want to give it to you again because I, I believe it really brings our focus back to what prayer really should be. And so this is a little acrostic for the word prayer. I think you can write this down in the front of your Bible. You can put this on your phone. It's just a simple reminder of what prayer should look like. The, the P in pray is personal. It's personal. Your prayer does not need to be repetitious. It should just be from the heart. It doesn't have to be something that you've memorized. It just needs to be something that is, is from your heart. Matthew chapter 6 Verse 7 and 8, Jesus continues teaching on prayer, and he says, And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. You see, sometimes instead of prayer being personal, we try to make it professional. And we're so worried about how we sound and we're so worried about what we say that we turn something that should be very personal and from your heart and we turn it very professional and from your head. I, I, I can find myself saying words that, that, that I heard somebody else pray because it sounded good. I don't even know what that word means, but it sounded really spiritual. And so now I'm going to God, and, I, and I'm, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to become a professional prayer because they sounded so good, and I want to sound good whenever I talk to God. But what God really wants is he wants you to be you, and he wants you to talk to him the way that you talk. He wants you to, to, to get in into his presence and to be yourself. You know, I want to talk to God the way that Carolina Lee and Juju talk to me. Now Carolina just turned seven yesterday. Seven years old, and so she's seven, Juju's four. I want to talk to God the way they talk to me because there's really not much of a filter. <laughs> they don't know that there should be a filter. They, they just talk to me whatever they're thinking, whatever they're saying. They, they don't know. They are, just, they are freely speaking to me. That's how I want to pray to God because it's just from their heart. It's just who they are. It is, it is personal. They're not trying to be a professional daughter. 
They're not trying to be the professional person. They just, they just are who they are. And out of their personality comes their request. Out of their personality comes their prayer. Out of their personality. And, and it's amazing because uh, every single night I go in Carolina's room and we have our time of prayer. I go to Juju's room and we have our time of prayer. And, and it's like night and day between those two people. Carolina Lee is very succinct, very matter-of-fact. This prayer is business. We're going to take care of business. God, do this, do this. I need help there. Bless this person. Feed this person, okay? I go in for Juju, and I, I kneel down by Juju's bed, and you have to guard your face because she's going to start throwing her arms around, okay? God, I pray. Lord God. And she's just hitting the bed, kicking her feet. Lord, I believe. God, feed the people of the world. Every person in the world, God, give them food. And I'm just like, amen. That's right, Juju. Carolina Lee just prayed just like this. God, thank you. We trust you, God. You're big enough to handle it all. Amen. You know? And, and, and here, Juju, what? They're praying out of their personality. And I don't ever want them to become professional in their prayer. I encourage them in their personality because it is out of their personality that their prayer is personal to God. You don't need to become anybody else whenever you pray. Just, just talk to your Dad, he wants to hear about your fears, and he wants to hear about your frustration, and he wants to hear about your failure, and, and, and he's not intimidated by your questions. Carolina Lee asked the other day, Dad, how did Jesus take all of our sin? I, I know he took our sin when he was on the cross, but, but he was here a long time ago. How did he get my sin? Go ask your mama. <laughs> But, but do you see how, that, I mean, that, that, what, a, what a beautiful question that she had no problem asking me. She, she, she was not intimidated to ask that question. She asked it why? Because she had a question. And out of this deep longing in her heart for an answer, she was willing to ask me a question. But sometimes we don't ask God certain things because we don't know, is he going to be offended by my question? Is he going to be, is he going to be upset because I'm asking this question? And so we don't ask the question. And all God is saying is he's just saying, hey, be personal with me. Talk to me. If you got a question, talk to me. If you got a fear, talk to me. If you got a doubt, talk to me. Just have a conversation with me. I want to hear it all. You don't have to be professional. Just keep it personal. Here's the, the R in pray is that we need to remember. So when we pray, it needs to be personal. And, and when we pray, we need to remember. We need to remember who God is, and we need to remember all that he has done. Why? Because it is so much easier to remember what went wrong. It's so much easier to remember what didn't happen, what you didn't get. It's so much easier because our mind in our humanity is always wired to the negative. Now, I taught on this at the beginning of the year on a few Wednesdays, and we were talking about the mind and, and how when you go to bed at night, the thing that you think about over the course of the day, it typically wasn't the, the, the free coffee that somebody brought you. They surprised you at work. It, it was the, all the things that didn't happen, the email that you didn't get, the project that didn't get finished, all the things that didn't happen. And we forget about the wonderful blessing that we got because our mind always drifts towards the negative. And because our mind drifts to the, to the negative, you have to remember what he has done. Because if you don't remember what he has done, you, you will begin to drift to everything that you did not do and everything that you did not have. But, but you have to remember. I love what the, 
the psalmist says in Psalm 100, verse 4, it says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever, and his faithfulness continues to each generation. What is the psalmist doing here? He's saying you have to remember, you have to remind yourself about his faithfulness and that his faithfulness, it is not just for today, it was for yesterday, it's for today, it's going to be tomorrow, and it's going to be for the next generation and the next generation and the next generation because that's how faithful our God is. But if you don't focus and remember his faithfulness, you will only think about your faithlessness. You'll, you'll just focus on the time that you blew it, the time that you messed up. No, whenever you go into prayer, you need to remember who God is, and you need to remember the promises that he has made to you, and you need to remember who ha he has declared you to be in this life. You have to remember. You have to consciously remember, okay? The A in pray is to ask. Ask. You, you don't limit your asking to, to things that are around you. you, you also need to ask God to do things in you. You, you don't, don't just pray for things. You need to pray about issues, okay? You need to pray about things that are in your heart. You need to ask God to help you with your anger, your resentment, your jealousy, your greed, whatever it is that is in you. Don't just pray for the things that are around you. Pray for the things that are happening in you. The Bible says in James chapter 4, verse 2, Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You, only, you want only what will give you pleasure. So I love this. He says, you know, and, 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 and just in just second, we're going to look. And Jesus said, hey, you need to ask. You need to ask. You need to ask for things. I'm not saying don't ask for stuff. I'm not saying don't ask God to take care of situations. But let's don't get so preoccupied by asking God to do everything around us and everything for us that we forget to ask God to do something else. In us because if that's the case, then James chapter 4, verses 2 and 3 will come to pass in our life. We're going to be asking God for things, but we'll begin to ask with the wrong motive because it's just going to give us pleasure and make us look better and make us happier and give us more satisfaction. And we're asking for things and we haven't even checked our motive because we didn't ask Him to do the right things in us, just to do the right things for us. Jesus said in Luke chapter. 11, this is right after the disciples, and I told you at the beginning, asked him, teach us how to pray. He, he says, so I, I tell you, verse 9, I tell you, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Somebody say amen to that. He says, you fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people, say that's me. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So he says, ask and you're going to receive Knock, and it's going to be open. Seek, and you will find. And we're thinking, oh, good, okay, okay, I, 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 this house and this car and this promotion and this job. And then Jesus gets all the way down, and he says, oh, no, God's going to give you what you ask for because he's such a good father. So he's, gonna, oh, he, he won't, he, he's not going to hold the Holy Spirit back from you. 
maybe I'm asking for the wrong things. Maybe when Jesus says, God's not going to hold back from you, and you can knock, and the door's going to be open, and you can seek, and you're going to find. He says, he's not going to hold this Holy Spirit back, but I've been praying about all the things on the outside, and I've been praying about the things on the inside. So whenever we ask, we have to make sure, let's start with the inside, then let's work out. When you ask, ask him to do things in you. Ask him to change and transform you on the inside. Ask him to transform your thinking. Ask him to help your attitude. Ask him to give you more patience. Ask him to deal with some of these issues of shame and condemnation that you might be. Ask him to do these things in you. And then after you do that, now you can begin to ask for the things on the outside because you know you'll be asking with the right motive. And here's the why in pray. The why is to yield. The why is to yield. In prayer, uh, we are to yield. And I'm just going to tell you, this can be the toughest part uh, of prayer. You know, it's, it's one thing to make it personal. Okay, I can do that. It's, it's one thing to, uh, to remember. It's another thing to ask, okay? But then there comes this point where I have to yield. I have to surrender my will to his will. And that is uncomfortable and challenging many times. But I can tell you that you're going to have to do it. Why? Because Jesus modeled it for us. When Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, the, the, just a, the soon before he was about to be crucified, and he, he went there into the garden, and he knelt down, and he prayed, and his prayer was, God, not my will, but let your will be done. And you would think that Jesus would only have to pray that prayer one time, and it would be done, but the Scripture tells us, no, Jesus went back three times, and the Bible says he prayed the same prayer every time, submitting and yielding his will to the will of Almighty God. And it is one of the toughest things that we will do in prayer is totally submitting and yielding our will, which brings us to the point that we don't pray to get our way. We pray to give way to God's way in our life. I'm not praying trying to manipulate God to get my way. No, I'm trying to get God's way into my life. I'm trying to get God I'm trying to get his way and his purpose into my life. And so whenever we pray, we need to remember who is the potter and who is the clay. When we pray, we are the clay, okay? That's what the Bible says. The Bible says that God is the potter. We are not the potter. We are not praying a prayer and crafting it out. God, this is what I want it to look like, and this is what you need to do right here, and this is what you need to change, and this is what you need to tweak, and this is what you need to do. And if you'll just do what I'm telling you right now, God, whenever this thing is done, we're going to have a beautiful piece of artwork here. No, we are the clay, and God is the potter. And whenever we begin to pray, what we're saying is, God, I will get on your potter's will, and and as I pray, I will yield myself to the pressure that you're putting on me. I will yield myself to your hands. I will yield myself to your way. You craft what you want to craft. You take out what you want to take out. You do what you want to do. I am co completely surrendered to your will. That's what it means to yield. So we pray and then we yield to the way of the Lord. And it's probably the, greatest, probably the greatest reward of prayer is God molding you in the process. It's probably the greatest reward that you're going to get out of prayer is that when God begins to mold your life. And, and I, I've said it before, but, but if, if we are not praying where we are, then we are staying where we are. 
If we're not praying where we are, it doesn't matter if it's good or bad. You're staying. If you're not praying, you're staying. Prayer is what moves us forward. It's that relationship. I, I said it started with prayer, and it has to be sustained by prayer, right? It, it began in prayer, and it's going to have to continue in prayer. So, so we have to see that prayer began my relationship with God. Prayer is going to continue my relationship with God. And so if I'm not praying, then I'm staying. And I'm, I'm not interested in staying because I haven't expanded. I'm not stepping into the fullness of everything that God has for me. Okay, so if I'm going to step into this expansion in my future, I've got to be praying today, praying where I am, praying exactly where I am. Uh, let me just give you a few things. Uh, I've got five principles uh, to a, a thriving prayer life, five principles, five factors. Uh, if you are going to thrive in prayer, these are five things that you need to know. Number one is this. Don't stop when you feel disconnected. Don't stop. If you want a thriving prayer life, don't stop because you feel disconnected. Well, I just don't feel anything. Okay, if you don't feel anything and you feel disconnected from God, here's what you need to do. If you feel disconnected, the first thing you need to do is you need to ask the Holy Spirit to search your heart. It's in Psalm 26, verse 2. The psalmist writes and says, God, examine my heart and my mind. Because the reason you might be disconnected is because there might be some offense. There might be some bitterness. There might be some resentment. There might be some sin. There might be something that God wants to deal with you. And the disconnection that you feel is actually him alerting you, hey, there's something wrong here. It's not that he's pushing you away. It's for your good because he knows what bitterness will do and he knows what unforgiveness will do. And so he's, he's causing you to feel this disconnection because he wants to deal with something in your life that's going to bring you closer to him than you've ever been. So so you have to examine your heart and your mind. That's where you start. But just because you feel disconnected does not mean that there is something wrong. I've I've been doing this now since I was 18 years old, 22 years now. I've I've been praying and been preaching the gospel. And so I can tell you that I go through seasons where I feel disconnected. I'm searching my mind and searching my heart, and I'm saying, God, if there's anything in me, reveal it to me. And I'm going through all the checklists, and I'm saying, is there anybody I haven't forgiven? Is there anything I'm not doing? Is there anything I used to do that I'm not doing? Is there anything that's breaking my mercy? Is there any reason I should feel disconnected? When I go through all of those things, and I come to the conclusion... No, I don't feel like there's any sin in my life. I don't feel like there's any reason for this disconnection. I don't know why I'm disconnected. Here's what you have to do. You just have to push through. You just have to push through because sometimes we, we, can, we can get it when we feel it. We can get into it. It's like worship, you know, like worship. When I feel it, I'll worship. When I feel it, I'll sing. Okay, it's the same with prayer. Whenever I feel God, I'll I'll pray. But if I feel disconnected, I'm not going to pray. You see, you have to learn how to pray whether you feel anything or not. I would would say that more times than not in my lifetime, when I've prayed, I haven't felt a thing. I, I haven't felt, I've just, I have prayed. Why? Because I know it started in prayer and it's going to be sustained by prayer. And I'm moving forward. And I might not feel it today, but I know I'll feel it tomorrow. I'll feel it next week. I'll feel it next month. I might be walking through a difficult season. And I might feel disconnected, but I know if I am faithful to do what he's told me to do, and I stay in connection with him, and I don't stop because I don't feel it, and if I just keep on praying, then I'm going to come out of it. And when I come out of it, I'm going to be better on the other side than I was on the back side. 
Okay, so don't stop because you feel disconnected. Here's the second thing. Don't stop because you get distracted. Don't stop because you get distracted. You, you know, you're trying to pray and your mind's bouncing around everywhere. I'm sure I'm not the only one that, that doesn't have a, a steel door, a trap door of focus. You know, I mean, you start praying, all of a sudden you start thinking about the grocery store, and you start thinking about the peanut butter that you don't have, and you got to go get the peanut butter because you're going to be making peanut butter cookies tonight, and you start thinking, oh, and then you start daydreaming about those cookies, and you start thinking, man, well, should I really eat those cookies because I'm really not trying to eat those cookies right now, but you think, man, they're so good, and man, I really like ice cream when I eat those cookies, and so, man, I need to pick up some ice cream. Oh, man, is that really, is that the extra? Maybe I should leave the ice cream on, and now you wonder, but, but wait a minute, I'm, I, I, I'm, I, and you're like in this position right here, thinking about peanut butter cookies and ice cream and the grocery store run that you have to do. But you see, when you get distracted, there's a temptation to go, ah, I can't pray, I'll quit. I'm just going to get up and go do something else. Might as well go to the grocery store. Now, don't stop when you get distracted. Get your mind back. Here you are, peanut butter cookies and ice cream and, and, and your weight loss program and your waistline and you hadn't been to the gym and all these things and now your mind is going all here. Oh, poop, oh, oh, wait a minute. Oh, I'm supposed to be praying right now. Okay, I'm not going to stop because I got distracted. Instead, I'm going to get my traction back. Distraction is actually being away from your traction, okay? And so that's what it takes. So I'm tracking, I'm tracking with God. I get distracted. I get taken away from my traction in this daydream peanut butter cookie ice cream thing and now I'm going to to come back. What do I come back to? I got to get back in my traction. So I, I push that to the side and say, okay, Father, now where was I right now? Oh, God, I'm praying for my family. I'm praying for, and I'm getting back. And now, and uh, maybe a few minutes later, here I go over here on this side. And I start thinking about the project at work and the problems that I'm having with Jim at work. And, and I hope he doesn't show up. I hope he's taking a sick day today because I don't want to talk to him and I don't want to have to deal with him. And no, everything will be so much better if Jim doesn't show up at work today. Now my mind is over here and I'm thinking, oh, oh, nope, here. I'm in this position. No, I got to come back here. Now, God, where was I? But I don't quit just because I get distracted. Because you're going to get distracted, so make up your mind not to quit before it happens. You, you're going to get distracted, but don't quit. Don't quit in your prayer time. You, you're going to get interrupted. Just get back to it. Here's the third principle for a thriving prayer life. Don't stop because you have disobeyed. Don't stop because you've disobeyed. Don't not pray because you messed up, because you made a mistake. You know what you need to do? You need to talk to God about that mistake. Don't fall for, for, for one of the first mistakes in the Bible in Genesis chapter 3. They, they made a mistake, Adam and Eve. They ate from the fruit, and all of a sudden now they're hiding from God, and God goes looking for them. Why? Because God wants to talk to them. And, and, and for us, we, 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 we don't pray because we have disobeyed. And because we know we've messed up, we did that thing we promised that we would never do. We, we said, God, we were never going to back there. We said we were never going to talk to that person again. And we know we have overstepped our bounds. We know we have messed up. And so now all of a sudden, we stop praying because we've disobeyed. Let me just say this. It, maybe it should be the other way around. And instead of removing yourself from God when you disobey, maybe it means that you need to run towards God whenever you disobey. Maybe you don't need to wait and be like, well, I'm going to wait till God comes and gets me. Maybe you need to, to make a point that you're going to move to God. Don't stop praying when you've disobeyed. Why? Because if you do that, you'll never pray. 
I mean, maybe you're more holy than me. Maybe you're more righteous than me. Maybe you're more spiritual than me. But I'm telling you, if, if I only prayed on days that I never disobeyed, if I only prayed on days that I didn't have a jacked up thought, if I only prayed on days that, 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 I, that, I, that I didn't say the wrong thing or think the wrong thing, or if, if, I, if, I just, if I had to be perfect to pray, I would never pray. But I, I know that my prayer is helping me with my disobedience. My prayer is making me more like him. So I'm going, to, I'm going to constantly come back to God. Don't stop because you disobeyed. Here's number four. Don't stop because you are discouraged. Don't stop because you're discouraged. When you get disappointed or discouraged, don't withdraw from God. You, it, you, you would think that this would just kind of like make sense. And that people would go, wow, if I'm discouraged and I'm depressed and I'm disappointed, I really need to talk to God about it. That's not the way people think when they're disappointed, discouraged, and depressed. They withdraw from God. Don't, don't stop praying because you are discouraged. Being disappointed is a part of life. Staying disappointed will destroy your life. So, so it's okay to be disappointed, but already make up your mind that my disappointment is not going to keep me from prayer. My discouragement is not going to keep me from prayer. My, my depression is not going to keep me from prayer. I will keep on praying through my disappointment and praying through my discouragement and praying through my depression. Why? Because I'm not going to stop communicating with the one who can sustain me through this season of life just because I feel like I'm not measuring up right now, because I'm disappointed in myself. Because I'm discouraged with my spouse. Because I'm depressed where my life is right now. No, 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 no. No, you have to pray your way through it. Don't stop because you are discouraged. There will be seasons of discouragement in your life. Seasons of disappointment in your life. Don't let that stop you from praying. You've got to pray your way through it. Here's number five. The fifth principle for a thriving prayer life is don't stop because you are disgusted. Don't stop because you're disgusted. You might be angry with God. You might feel like God has done you wrong. I have been so faithful, and I have been so committed, and I have been so in your corner, God, and I have been on mission trips, and I have been to every prayer meeting, and I have memorized 100 scriptures, and I, I have brought people to church. Every single, and I, I, God, I have done all these things, and you, just, you are just mad and upset with God. Don't, don't stop praying because you're disgusted. Let God know that you're upset with him. And if, you, and if you'd not feel comfortable with that, just read through the Psalms. Because David is doing everything but cursing at God. God says, this is a man after my own heart. You see, God wants you to be more personal and more real than you're even comfortable with being yourself. <laughs> that's what God said about this is the man that's after my own heart, as Pastor Clarissa said. This is David, the one who is the greatest king of Israel. This is the one that we celebrate and we tell his stories. And there are, there are times in the scriptures when you read, and I mean, and you can even cringe because you're like, can, can you really say that to God? Did he not know who he was talking to? And God, God was loving it because David was not stopping prayer because all the Psalms are, are written prayers. This is David praying to God, and he was letting God know, God, I am disgusted, I am angry, but I'm not going to stop talking to you. But we get angry with our boss, angry with God, angry with the spouse, and we allow that anger to shut the door and to isolate us and pull us away from God. You see, here's the, here's the truth of it is, you can be angry, and if you take it to God in prayer, God will actually help you with your anger. 
Who do you think wants you to close the door and isolate you? It's not God because God can actually help you with your situation. He can help you with what's going on. It's the enemy that's trying to pull you away and shut your door. And how do you believe God could do that? And that's not fair. And it's not. It, it, it's always going to be wrong. It's never going to work out. Shut that door and just sit in here and be angry because when the roots of anger get a hold of your heart, the enemy knows what's going to happen. God says, you just run to me and you keep on praying when you're angry. Tell me about how angry you are. If you got to curse, curse. If you got to yell, yell. If you got to scream, scream. Go ahead and let me know what's in your heart because I can help you with all of it. You go home and say, my pastor said I could curse in prayer. You do what you got to do. You do what you got to do for God to get to you, for God to pull you through it. Don't hide in your anger. Don't stop praying because you're just disgusted with yourself, disgusted with God, or disgusted with life. No, don't stop praying. You see, if you are going to have a thriving prayer life, there are going to be seasons where you're disconnected, seasons when you get distracted, seasons when you're disobeying, days whenever you feel discouraged, days when you're disgusted. And if all of these things keep you from prayer, then what it's actually doing is it's keeping you from expanding in your life. Because it's prayer that's going to expand your future. It's prayer that's taking you to where God is calling you. So we can't stop. We, we can't stop praying. And so we're going to have just a little prayer exercise here in, in just a moment. Um, but, but, but here, practical things for you to begin to pray. You know, there, there's some just practical things you can do. You, you, you need a time in your day to pray. Okay, if you're just, if you're just, if you've never really entered into this consistent prayer life, you need a time to pray. And so maybe, maybe that is it, you know, it's 6.15 in the morning when you just wake up and you can spend five, ten minutes in, in, in prayer and meditation. Maybe that's on a lunch break because you get an hour and you can sit in your car and pray for five minutes. Maybe that is in the evening time after you put the kids to bed, depending on what type of person you are. But here's what I can tell you. You need a time to pray because as long as you can pray anytime, you don't pray at any time. You know, there, there's, a, there's a reason why they call it anytime fitness. And they have like, at my gym, they have like 600 and something members. And I asked him, how many come on a monthly basis? And he said 20%. 20%. Why? Because I can go anytime. It's open 24 hours a day. I can go anytime. I'm almost sleeping in the morning. That's okay. I can go later. Oh, I went to go at lunch, but oh, I didn't. I missed my lunch. Nah, I'm gonna go out to lunch with my friend instead of going to the gym. I'll go later because it's open at any time. I'm so tired at the end of the day. I was gonna go to the gym. I mean, I I, I have plans, but you know, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go home. I'll go after I put the kids to bed. Why? Because I can go anytime. I'm gonna go tomorrow because I can go in. I, I'll just wait. Tuesday is my day. I miss Monday, but Tuesday is my day. And then we just repeat and we repeat and we repeat. Why? Because we can go anytime. And when you can go anytime, you never go at any time. And so whenever we think about prayer, well, I can pray at any time. Okay, that's, you, you're right. You can. But whenever you live with that attitude, I can pray at any time. I don't pray at any time. Okay, so you need a, you need a time set aside on your calendar, in your schedule. This is the time that I will meet with God. And with that time, you probably need a place. 
you probably need a place to go. You, you need a, a, a determined place, whether that's your car, whether that's your desk at work, whether, whether that is your bedroom at home, wherever that is, you need a place to pray. And then let me just leave you this last thought. Whenever you pray, so you get a time and a place, and then you need to pray out loud. You need to pray out loud. You need to hear yourself pray. You need to speak out loud to God in your personal prayer time. And as you are speaking out to God, remember, when we think of pray, what do we do? We make it personal, okay? We're going to make it personal. That's what we're going to do. We're going to make it personal. We're going to remember. We're going to intentionally remember the good things that happened. Why? So we can give him praise for it. We're going to intentionally remember the blessings that we have in our lives so that we don't take it for granted, so that he can get the glory, so that he can get the praise for the life that we have, for the house that we have, for the car that we drive, for the children that we have, for the friends that we have, for the church that we have, for the impact we're making. He gets the praise for it all because we're remembering what he has done and we're remembering who he is. And then we're going to move in and we're going to begin to ask God for things. Okay, we're going to begin to ask God for things. And it's important the order that you have because sometimes you, you, you can get your ask out in front of everything else. And, and, and you, you're not really making it personal. You're not really coming to, to daddy God. You're, you, you're like you're coming to the vending machine. And it's so personal. And I'm just going to type in this stuff. This is what I, I need this. I need this. I need that. Do, 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 do. And I just want something to go er, fall out. Now I can take it and I can go with it. And, and so you, you can't get your ask out in front. That's why you got to make it personal. You got to remember who you are. You got to make it personal. You are, you are a child coming to the Father. It needs to be personal every time. Then you need to remember. You need to remember who he is so you can give him thanks. And then you get to asking. Then you get to asking. And then as you begin to ask him to do things in you and you begin to ask him to do things for you and those things around you, and then you say, uh, but I'm not, going to, I'm not going to finish this prayer until I yield to the fact that, God, even if these things around me never happen, I'm not going to stop serving you. God, even if I don't see what I'm praying for right now, it's not going to shake my faith because I am yielding to you. God, even if you don't bless me the way that I'm asking for you to bless me, God, I'm not going to have my own way, I'm going to yield to your way because I know that your way is better than my way anyway because your way is taking me to the place that you created me for. So when we pray, that's what we do. Make it personal, we remember, we ask, and then we yield. It's personal, we remember, we ask, and we yield. Every time we pray, that is the pattern that we follow. That's the pattern that we follow. And so this is what we're going to here at North Point Community Church, we believe in creating Christ-centered, culture-changing community through the message of Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for your support. If you would like more information, you can visit our website at ncc.team or follow us on any social media platform at CC North Point.